0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Picky Bookworm podcast. Every once in a while or so, my friend Jay, who is a publisher with Papillon Dupere Publishing and is a curator of stories. He's also been a copy editor for 25 years this year. He and I get together and we discuss different questions that people have about publishing, about the process, about copy editing, about proofreading, all of those sorts of things in a special episode of Ask the Publisher, which we were able to record today. I hope you guys enjoy. Hope you grabbed your notebook and a pen. Feel free to take notes. Feel free to listen as many times as you like. Hopefully we get some good information for you. Have a great day, everybody. Hey everybody! Welcome to a bonus episode of the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I have Jay Lewis with me. He is the owner of Papillon Dupere Publishing, and he has been a copy editor for 20 plus years, I think close to 25 years. He has worked in the publishing world for a long time. So we get together every once in a while and talk about the various aspects of publishing. And today we are going to be discussing the steps from query to your book making it out to the world when you are working with a publisher, whether indie or traditional. So we're going to have a good time and hopefully you will walk away with some really great information uh, from the two of us. Um, I do have one question that a Twitter user submitted for today's show. So we're just going to talk and hopefully uh, give you guys some really great uh, stuff to walk away with. So grab your notebook, grab your pen, take some notes. Um, We're going to have a good time. Thanks everybody. Hi, Jay. It's been a while. Hello. Hello, hello,
1: hello. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. I think the last time we talked was actually last year. Um, We, you know, we talked some on Twitter, uh, but we are, our time zones are so far apart right now. You are actually nine hours ahead of me right now. Um, Normally eight because of daylight savings. So.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Getting. Well, I, I have uh, I have authors in I have authors in the states who are up to ten hours behind, eleven hours behind. Yeah. I have uh, authors in Australia. So they are very. I don't even know what they are. I'm talking <laughs> to people in the US, uh, in, in Europe, and uh, down under as well. So yeah. You mentioned twenty five years. It is twenty five years this year. Oh,
0: well, so nice. Somebody
1: first said to me, uh, "Take a look at this." Video.
0: Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think so we I think so we lost time, some sound there. Yeah,
1: sorry. We have a we have a bad connection. Today, so apologies to uh, listeners for the connection. And there's a there's a little delay between us. So uh, we'll just have to do the best we can, right?
0: Yeah, we're we're gonna do our best. Um, okay, so let's start out with um, Rosaline es- Esmond's as as Men's question from Twitter. Um, she. She commented asking for a friend. Um, I'm not sure that I believe her that she's commenting, that she's actually asking for a friend. Um, But it was a very good question. Whether she is asking for herself or asking for a friend doesn't really matter. It was a really great question. And I think it'll spark some really great discussions um, for you and some good points uh, for you to discuss. So one thing that she asked is... Mm -hmm how do you know when you're done revising before sending queries? She said, I could spend the rest of my life revising, but at what point do I say this is good enough to send out?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I can answer that as best I can by uh, by remembering what, which film director was it might have been someone like steven spielberg or it might even be confusing uh, what stephen king said is that a, a piece of work is never finished it's just abandoned due to uh, deadlines, and time constraints so the answer to the question is helpfully probably how long's a piece of string i don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I can't give you a definite answer to that it's going to vary from from writer to writer but to be more helpful and less flippant, I can probably say that uh, if you've got a, a critique partner or two uh, that you're working with uh, that you trust, uh, trust their judgment. Uh, and uh, if you find yourself really just micromanaging uh, sentences, clauses, and uh, word choices, then you're probably done. If you if you think that, and uh, your critique partners. Agree, or your, and your beta readers agree that you've uh, you've hit the nail and you've achieved your, your goal, then you know that's pro- that's probably the time to put it out for query. And remember, that then the uh, the writing that you submit to an agent or publisher is not going to be the exact form that's going to get published uh, if and when it gets picked up, because they'll ask for specific changes you know, quite likely anyway. So really, when you're mostly happy with it and and you're and you find yourself. Just micro editing. That's probably the time that you're
0: done. Just one one word here, one word there. Just kind of nitpicking.
1: Yeah, exactly. Nitpicking. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the same in anything. Any piece of artwork. You know, when did Leonardo da Vinci know that the Mona Lisa was done? I don't. Who knows? The, uh, probably the, the day he died. <laughs>
0: He probably decided Mona yeah. Lisa was yeah. done yeah. the day he died. Yeah. It was, yeah. If he ever went to see it in a museum, yeah. he'd probably yeah. still notice yeah. things that needed to be changed. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, he probably, he's probably
1: fiddling around with a smile, still uh, up in heaven, reading Mona Lisa. With yeah. With a smile uh, year after year. Yeah. I, I can't answer any better than that, to be honest with you, because... Um, I can advise clients when I think it's done, uh, because I'm looking from the outside and, and that's you know one reason to engage a critique partner, feature Reader, uh, an editor, a proofreader, uh, because uh, they aren't full of angst about whether one word is better than another, because they're not looking at those, uh, those kind of details unless there's a reason to So I often tell readers when they're done, I advise, sorry, excuse me, writers, uh, I advise the writer this week, you know, not to mention certain elements of the story, a certain plot line, uh, that she was thinking about changing for her her, her series, uh, even though she thought it wasn't done, I'm convinced it was. So I think she's probably going to probably going to mess with it anyway. But <laughs> we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think i I think a lot of authors um, do that because it's, you know, they want it to be the best that it can be, and yeah. that is that's such a noble goal to have. Is you want it to be good and you want people to read it and you want people to enjoy it. And you know, you can, you can always find something wrong with your own art. You know, for example, you know, I write in a blog and I write book reviews and I will go back over old book reviews and still update things still change things, still change the layout, still add images. Because they're never really gonna be done. And you know, but at some point you still just kind of have to go, okay, yeah, I'm I'm done. <laughs> and let it go. And trust yeah, yeah. that it's remember Yeah, I was just
1: gonna say remember you have life. Yeah, you've got other things to do. You've got uh, you've got your partner to worry about, your friends to worry about, parents to worry about. Kids to worry about, pets to worry about. So, yeah, just keep, keep a balance in, uh, in, in your life. And when you're, when you're happy enough with it, then, then let it go. Because yeah. uh, you know, the agents of publishers, if we're talking about the query process, the agents of publishers are not looking for perfection. Uh, they're looking for very strong elements, looking for very strong uh, opening hooks, looking for, uh, for uh, good prose that engages, a strong narrative voice the reader really can identify with, good characters, good inter character, uh, character dynamics.
0: Sorry, hold on a second. Okay, hold um, hold on just one second. I am gonna hook up a sound bar. Hold on just a second. Okay, we are back. I am not exactly sure where uh, we left off before. So we are going to, hold on just a second. Okay, I was hoping that I could use my sound bar, get a little bit of extra volume Did not work because it sounded garbled. So we're going to go back to where we were. Um, Jay's just a little bit quieter than I'm used to. So that's kind of what had me um, not, had me wondering if I could use my soundbar. But I can't. So we're going to go back. Sorry, everybody, for the interruption. We're going to get back to what we were talking about. Um, We were talking about the, when things are, Done and when you should really just stop revising and stop um, stop looking for it to be perfect. Um, I think at one point you just kind of have to realize that the beauty is in the flaws. Does that
1: She said I like that. Yeah, the beauties in the flaws. I think a lot of music
0: producers
1: look at that. I think they like, you know, a little bit of hard edge, uh, nothing to be too perfect. You know, your book is never going to be perfect, no matter how you think it is. It's only going to be perfect in different readers' minds, and everyone's going to interact with it differently. So, yeah, you know, when, when you're happy enough, send it off. You've got a good story, good art uh, for the characters, and uh, you're happy enough with your prose, uh, and uh, your, your narrative and your voice is strong, and all these were worked out at the start pretty much, you know, your characters and the arcs and the, uh, and the narrative voice. So picking too much at the end is, you know, you're only going to uh, improve it one percent. And you could, in fact, undo some good things that you don't even know are there. Sometimes the best go is, is the first go is the best go at it. The first picture you take is better than the one you try to reframe from. <laughs>
0: yeah, I and I would just like to point out that I have found typos in Stephen King books.
1: Yeah, just, yeah. just
0: for the record, I mean,
1: you think uh, I forget, these yeah, you think uh, that uh, they would uh, have good proofreads for that.
0: Yeah, I think
1: everywhere, it's just how it is. Yeah,
0: yeah, if you I listen
1: to, uh, if you listen to even, even some of the, the best vocalists, you listen really closely, you can see that they just missed this, the sharp note they've gone for. Just yeah, a bit but, I mean. You know, it's not really a problem, is it, as long as we enjoy it and it's the whole the whole product we're talking about, not one micro little
0: thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it depends what the typo is, I
0: suppose. <laughs> yeah, word, I, <laughs> Yeah, I read I read a book, um, or I'm currently reading a book actually, and I'm not gonna mention the title of it or anything. Um, but I came across a couple of typos and I was like, these were typos that you would think A professional editor and a professional proofreader would catch. And I'm like, if I'm just reading for, I mean, it's a book I'm reading for enjoyment. It's not a book that I'm reading for proofreading. And so I'm just casually reading this book and I'm still catching these typos. I'm like, surely, you know, these professional editors and proofreaders would notice typos like this. And so I, of course, take it to my Twitter tribe And, you know, I don't mention the book. I don't mention the title or the author or anything. And, you know, I'm like, what do you think is this typo? Well, then a couple days later, I think it's the next day, actually, I am reading the book. And I come across a statement in the book that says, uncorrected proof. Like, oh well that makes, that makes sense, okay um so hopefully that means that the book that is actually going out into the public and going out to the sea to fly free um is going to have those typos removed i I sincerely hope so um but it's you know it did it it made me feel much much, much better about the book because i'm like if this were a finalized book the the author you know because i know who the author is the author should not let something like that into the public because it's you know it is their reputation at stake you know and it's you know you want your book to be the best that it can be and when it has those obvious typos it does hurt um, which is why you should you, always, if you possibly can hire an editor, hire a proofreader, you know, hire somebody who has never seen your book before to go through and give you that that last pair of eyes before sending your book out into the public and out into the wild. I'm
1: sitting here quite silently because I'm just hoping it's not one of my books. <laughs>
0: It's not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what book, and I'm not gonna say who the author is. But it is, and it is not actually an indie author. So, oh, I, the, right. The
1: guaranteed way to find a typo is to hit, is to hit the publish button. And yeah. You that, it'll jump out at you. yeah. Oh,
0: um, Okay. So let's. um, Let's move on to, okay, so you have, you have revised and revised and edited and edited. You have, you know, sent your book off to the publisher and you have submitted your query. The publisher reads your query. They read your synopsis. They read your excerpts that you have sent them. And, you know, you've done everything perfectly in your query process, they send you a request for a full manuscript. What happens at that point? Because that's actually the part of the process that I am not familiar with.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's good news because uh, they've, uh, they like your synopsis, uh, you know, your e synopsis and your synopsis, and uh, probably the three sample uh, chapters that you send in. Uh, what happens then is one of the acquisition editors or commission
0: editors
1: on the uh, side of the press uh, we'll, we'll, we'll read the book, and uh, each each uh, uh, publisher will have their own rubric and their own checklist uh, uh, alongside uh, what it is they're looking to publish uh, during the year or the following year, how that balances up with what they've got in their stable, how it fits, the kinds of books they're doing. And basically, if they like it, they'll get in touch with you and said, say, we like it. <laughs> Pretty much as simple as that. And then they'll talk about what kind of contract uh, really, then uh, I make sure that we are, are, are careful with that. If you're with a, a well-known publisher, big publisher, or well-known independent publisher, uh, for example, uh, City Art Press or something like that, um, you're, you know, you're, you're probably going to be okay. Uh, but uh, if you're with a publisher you've never heard of, like Du Dupère Publishing, you know, just be careful. <laughs> you want to make sure that uh, you know that the deal you're getting is, is a good.
0: Okay. What typically goes into a publishing contract?
1: Uh, that I couldn't tell you uh, okay. for other publishers. Uh, but for the contracts that that, uh, that I send out, uh, I'm very careful to make sure that the author understands that, understand that fully, uh, they fully have uh, uh, continued the, the, their own intellectual property. So uh, the words themselves uh, are fully theirs uh, outside of the uh, term of the contract. uh, To protect them, and uh, I like to have a contract that gives me a year to publish a book after which uh, it rolls over uh, on a month to month basis. After which, the author can always say, I'd like to pull it, especially if it's possible that uh, that uh, they're writing their their characters in another story, or even that story uh, is interesting. A a big publisher, you know, I would never want to stand in the way of uh, something getting picked up by uh, you know one of the big five. Uh, so I'll put in the protection of the intellectual rights, clearly the terms of, uh, of what, how the royalties are paid, what the royalties are on. So you might get offered gross royalties on net royalties. Be careful with net royalties, because uh, that means after all kinds of expenses, the publisher can take and will incur. Uh, uh, a smaller publisher will offer a more direct deal uh, and uh, a, a clear share of the, of the, uh, the royalties uh, directly after sale. Uh, and uh, the publisher, like myself, for example, is picking up the uh, the bill for uh, production of cover uh, and uh, editing proofreading required um, and uh, and uh, promotional activities. But having said that, uh, it's quite possible you'll find some publishers want to share some of the promotional costs because, uh, you know, they're small and have much of a budget, uh, so they are enter into an agreement with the author. And the author should be... Uh, be careful about uh, about doing that. Find examples of, of what the publisher does to, to promote themselves and to promote the book before you enter into a deal where you, where you were agreeing that you were sharing some of those costs. Uh, so it varies from publisher to publisher. So there'll be a, a set out of the royalties. There'll be a set out of, of who owns the, the property. Uh, you'll find that the publisher will ask for um, full autonomy on uh, distribution channels uh, and uh, setting the price with probably with some guarantees in there that the publisher won't set some crazy price, um, uh, which um, uh, keeps the author's books at at the right level, keeps the reputation right. And uh, you should probably look for a paragraph that uh, says the publisher will do, you know, um, uh, uh, will not act in ways that are likely to bring the the author's name and the author's brand into into any kind of uh, disrepute, at least, you know, not actively, something like that. I can't think now. I mean, I've got, I've got, so I just put a, I just kept a contract out not three days ago. And I can't even remember how I got the 15 sections. But, uh, uh, those, those
0: are the main things. Well, and you know, one thing, and I don't know if there are any publishers who listen to this podcast, but one thing that should probably be in a contract is we're not going to dm total strangers on twitter on your behalf and ask them to read your book (laughs) um
1: (laughs) that is (laughs) i I think you won't find that in contact i I think i think the publisher will ask in in how they promote as long as they agree not not to bring into distribution yeah uh, because uh, yeah some publishers will do that i mean they'll send out a thousand DMs. Uh, it's big on twitter and i have been reading it uh, in the net, in, in the network but you and I both in uh, yeah a few people are complaining about this. It, uh, it, it's not it's not good to do dms are uh, uh, worse than unsolicited, it's unsolicited emails yeah no good publishers should be doing yeah that, that's for sure' cause that's a good point because that will that, that will you know annoy people and it does not attached to your name which is why I'm saying that the, there should be some paragraph about the publisher being responsibly. responsible,
0: yeah yeah i um I mentioned in another podcast episode about the um the d m thing because sometimes it'll be the author themselves that will d m and you know my you know I was telling my last guest, i believe it was you know i said that it kind of reminds me of you know you're sitting in a bar with some friends of yours and you're talking and somebody walks up to you and says, "Hey, come outside I want to tell you something." Or, "Hey, come in the bathroom, I want to tell you something." And, you know, and you if you were at a bar and somebody said that to you, your reaction would be, "No, if you have something to say to me, you can say it here. You can say it in public. I don't need to go somewhere private with you unless I already know you." And so yeah, it this just is
1: sounding like some scary story.
0: You know, it sounds, I mean, if you're, it's kind of along the same lines as what authors do when they jump in your DMs to offer their book, um, you know, so publishers, you know, do that too. I mean, not to, not to as large of an extent, but it's creepy. Don't do that. (laughs) People don't like it. Um... So yeah, it's, you know, definitely looking for something in your contract about how they're going to help you promote. Um, now you, um, your publishing house, Papillon du Pair is a hybrid publisher. And I know you have mentioned that before. What, what does that mean for the author? When you enter into a contract with an author through a hybrid publisher, which I believe most indie houses are?
1: Uh, Okay. Uh, Basically, what I'm doing is uh, I'm part traditional publishing and part publishing services retailer. So I sell sell publishing services. Uh, And I try and do that in, uh, well, I I succeed in doing that in a very uh, above the table, uh, honest way. Where uh, authors can choose from anything that helps them al- uh, along the writing and publishing process. So, uh, from uh, helping with uh, content editing through copy editing, uh, or, or a critique partnering, uh, uh, with not necessarily just myself, but with uh, with my um, associate editor network, uh, through to preparing the manuscript and the formatting manuscript, uh, we can do cover, we can do uh, blurbs, we'll generate the blurbs, we'll generate author bios. Uh, and, uh, and then, if they wish, uh, the publishers can publish through us, uh, through our Papillon Repair Unbound. Uh, and that's basically us self-publishing you for you. And uh, we, uh, we want to be uh, invested in you. So while we do charge for the services uh, upfront, any of those services that you do or don't want, you just cherry pick what you want and, uh, and then uh, we help you with that. Uh, uh, then we take a small back-end percentage, uh, so that we are invested in your scheme.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, you can always I,
1: and be very clear about this. So <laughs> not any kind of vanity publisher. Uh, yes. I, can, I, can I can I just can I just outline that if I may, because this is important. Because what people don't understand is the difference between a hybrid publisher and selling publishing services. Uh, and a vanity publisher who's going to charge you uh, the, the whole box usually to take your book, uh, take your manuscript, excuse me, and then print that into a book and send you a box of books and uh, put it onto their website or something, and then do, and then do very little else. Uh, vanity uh, uh, is there for you to have done the book, and, and that's great if that's what you want to do, but uh, they can charge you $1,500, $2,000, 3000 $5,000 to do that, and, and, and that's terrible, and then you're not going to sell any copies. What a hybrid publisher will do will, will, uh, will sell you certain services uh, to help you self-publish yourself. Why are you doing a hybrid as opposed to traditional? Well, the first reason is only uh, there's only a limited number of traditional publishing slots in every publishing. So uh, purchasing hybrid services and uh, self-publishing, uh, either completely yourself, self-publishing uh, through us uh, and into our catalogue, um, guarantees to get you published, basically. And so you have the choice. Uh, I have only very limited publishing slots than this year because uh, we are very small. I'm looking to consolidate this year, as opposed to uh, really expand. To consolidate, how to sell more books and do better for the for the uh, for the clients that we have uh, that I have on on my roster now. But because of the limited publishing slots, uh, and because I don't want to publish you as a traditional uh, publisher, I don't think I can do well enough for you, for example. Uh, we do sell publishing services that get you published uh, on your own terms. Does that help?
0: Yes, um, absolutely. I, um, I think there's a lot of um, authors out there that they don't they don't necessarily know what that difference is. Um, vanity publishing, to me does not sound like the way any reputable author who is wanting to make a career out of writing should go. Um,
1: I, I, I agree. I agree. And I can, I can say that every service that a Vanita publisher provides, you can find uh, reputably uh, online, good people uh, from content editing and critique partnering, Uh, Copy editing, proofreading, formatting, cover generation, blurb writing, bio. You can find all of that independently. You can do it all yourself. You can upload your own uh, manuscript onto sites like uh, ReadRamsbarg and uh, Amazon, of course. You can do all that yourself. Uh, It's time-consuming but you have full control, and that is a better way to go than publishing with some vanity publishers uh, who are just not invested in you, and they're going to do no marketing for you. Just taking your manuscript and asking for thousands of dollars, and, uh, and you have a book published, but that's as far as you get. Yeah. So don't go there. Uh, uh, they, if you if you search online for a list of vanity, vanity publishers, I can't say names, uh, but you'll get even some relatively well known well known names who are hiding really what they are. Uh, so uh, so just be careful. I'm not saying that Papineau you know, publishing through Papillon Dupere who are unbound ranges. You know, it is. Perfect way to go. Uh, you should, uh, if you want to be traditionally published, you should query, you should uh, keep doing that, keep knocking on the door of the agents and publishers, get the list of agents. There there are books that have the list of agents. You can find a list online of the agents uh, who, who are working in your genre. Keep knocking on the door, keep having a go, uh, and uh, perhaps you're looking at uh, some form of self publishing or hybrid publishing uh, as, a, as a fallback option. The good yeah. thing about hybrid. And or self-publishing, you have full control of, okay. uh, over over your book. Uh, you know, very have a very quick out if you want to publish and stop publishing it, and if it's your book that you self-publish completely. Uh, then you can just uh, you can just delist it very quickly. Uh, you have full control, and of course, uh, uh, all the royalties for self-publishing, or nearly all the royalties, if you're asking someone like myself uh, to put it out and distribute it for. Okay
0: yeah I um you know, I know a lot of self-published authors that their books are good and they're very, very well written. they're very well done, they are popular. Yeah. and yeah. but the author chose to self publish in order to retain that creative freedom and you know, their own yeah. creative license rather than going to a major publisher. Or even a small indie press, and being told, "No, you can't use that cover. That cover's ugly. It's not marketable." Um, yeah. And in the in the case of the book that I am thinking of, the cover is not ugly. It's awesome, and the um, the covers that come in the next books in the series are awesome. And the the author deliberately retained creative license. By self-publishing. So in a lot of ways, that's the smart way to go, depending on who you are. Um, you know, and you should never choose a publisher that you are not 100% sure about. Um, you know, when you choose a publisher, it needs to be somebody that that you know you can work with, that you know you can go to with yeah. any concerns It's, you know, it's along the same lines as when I worked at a mental health agency several years ago, I would have clients come in and they would ask me, I don't like my doctor. I don't like my therapist. You know, I don't feel like they listen to me, but they didn't, you know, and I would tell them you are within your rights to ask for somebody new to ask for another doctor. You do not have to stay with somebody that you are not 100% comfortable with. The same goes for any other avenue of life. You know, whether it's a physical health doctor, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a publisher. Stay with, you know, go with who you are comfortable with. Don't just pick the publisher because they were the first ones to email you back and, um, and ask for a full request. You know, make sure that they... Yeah, I
1: would say, I would say... Sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. Uh, I was just going to... say I would say that the, 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 the big thing to be aware of is to make sure uh, how and when uh, you can get back your intellectual property. So don't sign, you know, don't be faust. Uh, don't sign yourself away forever. Uh, some publishers can, can retain your intellectual property for years and not really do anything with the book. So as you pointed out, uh, why some independent uh, authors who are uh, very good writers, producing very good books, uh, and getting noticed and getting sales. Uh, I've chosen deliberately independent, and a lot of that reasons for, for creative control, as you say, cover mm-hmm. control that they do and don't like, uh, and uh, uh, and to, to retain retain control of their rights. Exactly that. And I'll just add, if I may, and then I don't want to, to be promoting myself anymore. Uh, but That's a key thing. Whether I'm traditionally publishing author or while I'm I'm offering hybrid services and the publishing through me in my unbounded, um, uh, it, it's very clear uh, that the uh, author have uh, protection of their intellectual property and uh, how long the contract is and uh, that intellectual property returns to the client uh, upon completion of that contract. Right. Uh, and you also, you did ask, and I did open a contract just to check, uh, a contract might and would be nice if it offered, which I like to offer, uh, is uh, competing products something titled along those lines that allows the author to uh, write uh, in the same world uh, or with similar characters at the same time the publisher has published a book. So, for example, if Tolkien had published Lord of the Rings with his publisher, uh, his contract would allow him to have have competing products that would allow him to write short stories or or other books set in the world of Middle-earth, telling the stories, other stories uh, of those characters. Uh, any or all of that, uh, alongside the publication, uh, because okay. uh, that certainly is, is modern publication. Uh, a lot of authors are, are writing short stories that help promote their main book that is traditionally published with, an, uh, with a publisher, right. and writing their own short stories and publishing those independently alongside. So a lot of authors are, in fact, uh, turning to a sort of hybrid publishing form, where they're published traditionally by a reasonably well-known midlist publisher or somebody, uh, and also publishing independently. Uh, to help promote their books and if the publisher is smart the publisher will understand that the author independently uh, self-publishing short stories alongside the main book is only going to help try sales right Uh, but i would check for that in a a conference you can actually write what they call competing works.
0: okay um okay so we have written our book we have edited we have proofread we have queried we've gotten our full manuscript manuscript request from the publisher, the publisher has accepted the book to publish. What would be the the publisher's next step in in getting that book ready to send out into the world?
1: Okay, Uh, the publisher uh, immediately is going to be thinking about uh, um, pre-retail activities and uh, promotion activities. Uh, and, uh, and crucially, uh, these days consist of looking for reviews. Most books are sold digitally now, and most digital books are sold on Amazon. And uh, there are a couple of things that uh, buyers uh, are, uh, two or three crucial things that buyers are looking at. And I would say the first thing that they see and they'll look at is the cover. Unfortunately, on uh, most retailers, you only get a thumbnail, and you're asking the viewer to click, click onto that to, to expand the cover. That even at a thumbnail size, the cover is going to have some impact. And I can tell you today, I bought uh, an author's debut novel. It's coming out at the end of January. And if I can just find it, I might just say, tell you it is. The author is called N.A. Cooper. And uh, the book is called Ripple Effect. And uh, she just came up on my Twitter feed. Uh, but I just went on there to congratulate her on uh, her new book being published. And I clicked through just to check it out to see if it was in my genre. Uh, what I really liked and why I clicked through is I just liked the typography on the ripple effect. The, it had a ripple effect in it, of course. Otherwise, it was on a, a pretty much a, a plain black cover, um, uh, if I recall. And I liked that, and I clicked through. I looked at the synopsis, which is the, is the second thing someone's was going to look at, uh, the, uh, the top of the sales page somewhere. And, um, and, and then I bought it. So um, what was my point here? Sorry, I think I went off topic here. Um it's sold. the different. cover uh, so uh, I think I've really not answered your question I've been very indirect your question was what the publisher going to do next
0: yes and, and you and you had movie mentioned movie. you mentioned um that they start thinking about the cover which is what got you thinking about this other yes. cover because yes, <laughs> yes. people just, people buy I, I, I am I sorry don't
1: know why. I So uh, yes, so um, I'll come back to the cover because that's not the first thing they're uh, They're going to be looking in their schedule uh, when they want to publish. Uh, that will likely be in the contract uh, when they expect to publish it. Uh, and when uh, that's coming, they'll be starting uh, pre-retail activities. And the key thing is looking for reviews. And uh, reviewers are all on a place called NetGalley, it seems these days.
0: I love NetGalley. Uh, so
1: uh, publishers will be, uh, yeah, I do too, yeah. Uh, a publisher will be uh, uh, getting a, 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 the uh, finalized or near-finalized version uh, of the book uh, and put it for advanced uh, reader reviews on places like NetGalley. Uh, so they, uh, hopefully by the time a publication comes along, uh, there's a bunch of reviews sitting on places like Goodreads, crucially, uh, and on, uh, on some author blogs, uh, hopefully, and, uh, and very importantly also on Amazon. The book I mentioned today, uh, Ripple Effect. Which, for which I have no financial interest, by the way. just happens to be the book I bought today. I pre-ordered today. Uh, that book, uh, when I got to Amazon, had 18 reviews, uh, sitting at 4.8. So uh, 4.8 reviews, uh, I think 18 reviews, averaging at 4.8. Uh, that will also encourage uh, readers to at least get a sample uh, or buy or buy the book directly. And uh, so publishers know that, and so they're looking to get reviews out. They also have their contacts with various uh, bloggers. They'll be talking to bloggers about blogs like yourself, uh, and uh, say, "Hey, we've got a book, and uh, they'll uh, give us synopsis an and they'll encourage you offer the opportunity to uh, review the book, an advanced copy of that, uh, and they may or may not organise things like uh, blog tours. Again, with various bloggers, they might set that up, uh, various blog tours. And in the old days, before the pandemic, there used to actually be authors going around to
0: bookshops <gasps> in
1: those ancient days.
0: Gasp! Yeah. <laughs> I've only yeah. actually been to one of so, those. There
1: yeah, is promotional Sorry.
0: I've only actually what been to been to one book signing ever in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, some are good. Some
1: of the readings are good. Depends if the author has a good voice. Uh, <laughs> when you go to the reading and how they're engaging the, uh, the author is. But yeah. you know, there's usually free lemonade, so that's, that's something anyway. But that's the old days now. And that will be something that, uh, that the publishers will organize, and that will also cross over into uh, post-launch as well. Uh, so various promotional activities along those lines. But depending on who you are, and depending on, uh, on how confident the publisher is on selling a lot of copies, and depending on whether you have a track record, uh, the publishing company is going to invest anything from almost nothing to almost everything in making sure that uh, that your book is uh, is getting out there in well known, uh, deals with uh, uh, bookshops to get your book in the window, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They'll make uh, pro- you know promotional bookmarks and mugs and and, uh, and uh, freebies and goodies and, and uh, together to send out anything to anything to, to, to draw of interest. They'll, they'll begin to be doing that. But if you're a small publisher like me, uh, you'll be concentrating. The publisher will be concentrating on uh, hoping to get. Uh, many uh, transcript reviews as possible uh, uh, and uh, getting in contact with some, uh, some book bloggers like,
0: like yourself. Okay. Um, okay, so we have we have queried, we have received an offer. we have signed the contract. we're working with the publisher and they have decided they want to publish our book. What, you know, and they have, you know, gone through all of the editing, they've gone through the proofreading, they've gone through the book, you know, the blurb writing, the cover design, all of that kind of stuff. And they have sent the book out into the wild. What, what kind of responsibilities do they have once they have actually sent the book out into the public?
1: What kind of responses do the authors have or do the publishers
0: have? the publishers have I mean I would I would think that the, the authors list. would know to talk yeah. about their books as well
1: yeah indeed uh, increasingly these days the publishers are going to do a lot less than they used to uh, as we all know uh, what's good for the reader uh, with the uh, uh, retail price coming down is not good for the publisher not so good for the authors so there's a lot uh, there's a lot less budget for uh, publishers to spend on promotional activity and increasingly these days small presses are relying on authors to develop their readership uh, to uh, to have have what we call uh, have what we call lead magnets uh, which is just a very fancy way of saying uh, getting people to sign up to get something free to get uh, people to subscribe to you, uh, to build up your readership a lead magnet might be a free book, a free story. Uh, it might be some good idea you've got, uh, something that you're something of value that you're offering a reader. Uh, and why they want to sign up? Because the days the days of just putting a link, sign up to my newsletter here, are, are really are, are gone. Really, there's so many authors, it's such a saturated market. I recently publishers, smaller publishers, are asking authors to, to do a lot of their own marketing. Your contract will. Uh, will talk about what they would like you to do, or if not that, they will certainly talk about publishing what they will do, uh, and likely possibly what, what they won't do. So basically what I'm saying, to cut a short, sorry long, is uh, if you're with a small publisher, uh, you'll be looking to do as much of your own marketing as you can to, to get and engage all your network. And anybody who interacts with you through social media, uh, you should do that. Uh, but your question is what the publisher and uh, I can't answer that too much because uh, that, really, that really depends on the contract. Hopefully they're doing as much for you as possible. It depends where you are in the pecking order. They're spending money on getting your name out and advertising across Amazon, advertising across the media, newspapers, uh, and uh, using the link to get the national, regional newspapers uh, Those kinds of things. But you'll, you'll have to be a fairly big name. There's a lot of that to happen and a lot, a lot of that to kick in. Uh, can I, I I start answering the question but it occurred to me that it didn't off because it didn't naturally fit in the answer. Can I just add in this querying process, maybe we covered this last time, but increasingly uh, to uh what's the word amorphous to amorph amorphous amorph, I don't know the word, but to uh, spread the cost I publish increasingly looking for multiple deals. Uh, so if uh, if you're pitching one book uh, it's good to have that uh, as part one of two. It should be a standalone story. It should start and complete, but it can lead into a sequel that uh, readers uh, might be interested. Hopefully, will be interested in reading afterwards. So, try and approach your your uh, the agent or publisher when you're querying with a two or, or three book uh, a duology or a trilogy basically. Okay. Because once the publisher establishes you and has got you in with book uh, with uh, book reviewers and bloggers. Uh, and, uh, and and some such, uh, they'll be able to repeat that for book two and, and repeat that for book three. So that cuts their cost because they've already set up the marketing and promotion. They just repeat it for book two and book three um, uh, by and large. So when you're querying, try to think about your story, if you can, as being uh, at least uh, a two book deal or a three book deal.
0: Okay, so you're. so. What I'm, saying, what I'm hearing is you're more likely to get a full request or get a contract offer if the, the publishers can know that they're going to have your work for more than one book.
1: Yep, absolutely. Okay. Uh, absolutely. The contract will, will, thus, will thus state uh, that they will have first refusal on, on the second book and some revise about whether they're going to accept any requirements for it Uh, that depends on the publisher, yeah, but yeah, short story long, long story short, uh, you'll get a better chance of getting picked up uh, if you've got another book uh, that ties into the first book that you're actually uh, pitching and querying, and, or, yeah, you'll definitely, because if I can sell, if I can sell your book one, then I can definitely sell your book two.
0: Right.
1: And uh, if your book one is good, if we have done the right marketing, then the read-through, that is the reader retention between book one and book two, should be fairly high. Some of the
0: Yeah, because if you're yeah. anything like me, you love yeah. a series. <laughs> I love, I love a good series. Um, yeah, it, you know, it, exactly, so. yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, if possible, make sure that each book works as a standalone. Uh, make sure that the readers don't have to in uh, when they're looking at it. For example, Terry Pratchett was a well-known writer and loved and adored by by millions of fans so he could afford to have you know 100 books in his Discworld series uh, and, and people wouldn't mind that because they could trust the Terry Pratchett brand uh, but if you're if you're um, if you're Joe Blobs uh, publishing uh, you know, a, a 10 book series you know the, the second in the uh, in the ecology of the Maisie Brewster timey wimy time warp jumpy Series set in the uh, in, in middle hell or somewhere, uh, you're asking the author to, to probably commit uh, to too much. So make sure that uh, uh, everybody understands, that the Asian readers understand, that your story uh, can be read standalone, that it starts and, and, uh, and it finishes. And then, you know, those characters are going to have another adventure that may be more or less linked to the previous adventure, but, you know, the story has concluded. And if possible, you can make vague summaries and references, sorry, specific summaries at the front, or um, drop in backstory references to what's happened in book one, so the readers, if they can, can possibly jump on on book two and book three, possibly, uh, if they want to.
0: Okay. Um, okay, well, you have given us all some really great information. And I think that the authors that listen to this podcast are going to really enjoy um, the, the advice and the, the notes that you have given us. Everybody, I hope you had your notebooks out. If not, you can always re-listen as many times as you want to get as much information out of this as you can. Um, I would like to mention you can find Jay on Twitter at Papillon Pear. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Piggy Bookworm. I hope that you got some really great information. Jay, thank you so much for visiting with us today. I think we um, I think we're about done. Um, and yeah. I I appreciate, I, that. And, that yeah, I appreciate you coming and I appreciate you coming and talking to us again and we will uh, plan another one. Uh, hopefully, get some additional questions from listeners and from Twitter. And I'll talk to you next time.
1: Take care, uh, Pamela.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great day. It was great talking to you, too. Have a, have a great you. evening. Bye bye. Thank
1: you.